Katie Pritchard's the fast and the spurious. 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 It's Katie Pritchard on my radio show. I got sketches and talkings, so don't you go anywhere that isn't here and now with me in your ears. I got some radio funnies for you to hear. My mates came round and we made this show. It's the fast and the spurious. Now sit back and relax or listen on the go to the fast and the spurious. Hello and welcome to the Fast and the Spurious podcast with me, Katie Pritchard, the only show that is set in my very imaginary living room, although I have been flat hunting this week and soon I might actually have a living room, uh, so this whole introduction might be defunct. But there we go. Coming up on the show today, we got loads of talking. That's what we're mostly going to be doing. So turn your ears off if you don't like the sound of chatter now. Please welcome today's guests. Uh, one has been dubbed a female millennial changing comedy. And the other is written for BBC and has helped create a Biffa nominated film. I'm, of course, talking about Alison Thea Scott and Fraser Millward. Hey. Hello. Hello. Hey, guys. <laughs> How's it going? That was an amazing uh, jingle. Oh, I, stop it! There were f- harmonies, and it was absolutely funny. Um, and 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 there was a head voice in there as well. <gasps> I've a got belt enough and a time on my hands. I was stoutly <laughs> blown away. I'm absolutely blown away. Thanks, mate. Thanks so much. Um, have you had a good week so far? It's been all right, isn't it? It's been all right. What are we on? What day is it today? Tuesday. Does that Tuesday. ruin everything, if I say that? Tuesday. Ruin the illusion. The illusion. <laughs> Some, it's technically you Tuesday. You might be listening on a Tuesday, in which case it would be accurate. <laughs> if it's not a Tuesday, then it's not a Tuesday, but it is for us. Yes. Whoa. And that's what counts. Yeah. Wow. No, it's it might been, hurt someone's head. Yeah, it's been a good week. It's been all right. Yes, there's more sun. There's more sun. And, uh, and a friend of mine said that she felt guilty for how much better she felt because she felt that made her weak. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think that's makes you human. That's, that's makes normal. you human. Well, guys, it's quiz time where we get to know some more about ourselves. And every time I try to explain this, I get it wrong. So I'm going to try really hard this time. Uh, so we're just going to ask a question uh, and we're going to answer it. So you're going to ask a question about yourselves. We're going to answer it. You're going to pick the best answer. And the winner this week, guys, the winner gets a private tutorial on how to Mexican wave from an award-winning waiver. Me. <laughs> I might have given myself that award, but it's an award nonetheless, guys. Um, I'm so waving as you're saying it. Yeah, it's not oh, a Mexican yeah, wave, lovely. though, is it? So we'll no. Maybe you've got to <laughs> play it, and then we you can do need sort that. Yeah. You need to stand <laughs> you, up for a start. We might let you win, <laughs> just out of pity. Um, so <laughs> let's go with the quiz. Yeah. Um, Fraser, do you want to start? Okay, my question to you um, is... <laughs> My question is, what is the best name for a dog? Okay, Sharon. Oh, is my answer. it's got to be something that you don't mind shouting loudly in yeah. a park. Sharon. And, yeah, and aggressively. Yeah, something that you don't Sharon. mind getting angry about. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I think my um, 
oh, didn't my my brother wanted to name a rabbit, but that's, that's obviously not the same. Like the harbin the harbinger of doom or something. But that's just <laughs> like a teenage boy being petulant, isn't it? I'm just thinking the harbinger of doom. Yeah, <laughs> in, in over a, and over again in a <laughs> lot of syllables in a park. <laughs> if it's not coming back to you, you're like the harbinger of doom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's what they do at, uh, <laughs> what's it called? Hyde Park Corner every Sunday afternoon, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Soapbox. Oh, yeah. Speaker's Corner. Yeah, Speaker's Corner. That's what I was trying to say. Speaker's um, Corner. Oh, okay. So you said Sharon. I said well, Sharon. I will say um, an, an inanimate object then, because I think I will dehumanise my pet. <laughs> I will call it something like, like, um, like, oh, actually, our dog was called Button. Which I really loved. Oh, oh that's a really good a really name. Cute. And it was tiny as well. She was she was yeah. cute as a button. <laughs> that's lovely. Um, I mean, do you, do you want me to tell? I mean, I know the answer. Okay. <laughs> well, you'd hope it was your question. Um, Yay! And the answer is Baxter. So there you go. Baxter. Oh, Baxter the dog. That's a good of name. Course. Which was the name we gave our dog. And that was because that it was the best name to give a dog. <laughs> so that's why we called it Baxter. Uh, Sharon, I think I think Button's a better name. Oh, I think Button's a better name. Oh. Sharon just sounds too much EastEnders. I maybe should have said this before. Yeah. but my dog Button got stolen though. So I mean, is this an appeal now? <laughs> um, if anyone knows where Button two, is, two thousand December two thousand, my dad walked a little Button to the local That's shops. So bad. Tied her up, went in, came out. Lead was swinging in the wind. Dog gone. <laughs> Poor button. I shouldn't laugh. That's a sad was it absolutely? Story. It was very bad. Um. So just just in case that tarnishes your use of the name button. I'm so sorry so if anyone's sad. saddened by that. Um, I'll never look at another button in the same in the light. Same way. Yeah. Listen, why don't you ask your question? I think that's a good idea. Sorry. All right. My question is: If I could eat anything for the rest of my life with no consequences. What would I eat? <laughs> food. A food. <laughs> what would I eat? Like food. Specifying? Specify. Specifying. I'm to make any sense. Specifying? Specify. Specify. <laughs> you need to specify if you're Thanks doing it. for that um, <clears throat> naughty joke or not. Mm. Mm. I feel like I do know the answer I to this. Think, yeah. I'm feeling quite confident in my answer. Mm. I've got an answer. Okay. My answer is pepperami. Oh. Oh. Mm. That's my answer. Really? Genuinely? That's, yeah. Wow. Pepperami or pepperoni, the stick in the pepperami. packet. Yeah, pepperami, yeah, yeah. Pepperami. Do you think that's my favourite food? I think so. I've, I've seen you eat many forever. of them in I mean, Edinburgh I show. put it I in have, a show. Yeah. I put it in a show. Genuinely, um, you think that's what I'd eat forever? I mean, don't be offended. By that. <laughs> no, I'm not being offended. I'm like, that makes me realise how my work comes across. Um, <laughs> I thought you really, I mean, you, what I mean I've great acting. from your like, show, pepperami. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, do you like pepperami. I couldn't take pepperami for a show. She'd eat them all. My answer is, of course, Chickeny bits. Mm. Yeah. Right. I mean, what this is, I mean, I, I should be disappointed in myself that as a 30 something year old lady, <laughs> that my friends know me so well, I would eat processed meat <laughs> forever. This is the life of a working comedian <laughs> just on the go although I, oh, I want to be one of those good people who meat reduces and it's from being lettuce it's, it's what? Romaine lettuce. Oh, lettuce. Lettuce. Oh, you, now, you like lettuce. 
Yeah, you are very good with lettuce. I like lettuce, yeah. I've seen various yeah. lettuces in your shows. Yeah, and very at least well five. Done. Yeah. I've had quite a lot of walkouts uh, as I bring the lettuces out. Are you ge- is this genuine? This is genuine, yeah. What happened? Lettuce is quite an offensive vegetable. Um, so think twice about putting lettuce in your set, guys. What? Because they because of food wastage? Or what do they object to? Um, I think they object to how sexy it gets when the lettuce is on stage with me. I think really is the crux of the matter. I hope a big part of you is just really proud. I uh, sometimes those are the moments that I'm actually more proud of myself is when someone's aggressively walking out of my show. So furious. Like, nope, she said great. lettuce. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I've had it up to here. She's That's tipped me for the edge. Unbelievable. I mean, Alison, what's the right answer to your? I question? think we'll go. We have to go. I think because it's it's more ambiguous, ambiguous, ambiguous as is my saying of that word. Um, with chickeny pits. Yes. Sorry, Fraser. Oh. It's okay. <gasps> right. So I've got a point. Alison's got a point. It's all to play for. Oh. <laughs> In this last question, which is my question, I travel around the country a lot for gigs what do you think i do on those 11 hour solo drives definitely make up jingles <laughs> definitely make up jingles i mean listen to the effort that went into the <laughs> beginning yeah. of this uh, that's that's at least five hour journey that went into making this jingle that's tremendous uh, argue with satnav do you or have a conversation with satnav oh, oh. Is I mean, if you if eleven hours, you could go, you could go quite mad. Could go full on. It could be like there's no one else in the car. Is there anyone else in the car on these drives? More often than not, it's just myself. Wow. Mm. Eleven hours. Yeah. And what I will say is, uh, I do have my sat nav on silent. Dear. Yeah, because she winds me up. She's actually called Sharon, um, so it's not argue with my sat nav. Right, okay, so that's wrong. That's wrong. wrong. So out of default. And actually, I would say that on my 11-hour drives, I actually do write most of my material. (laughs) So you're pretty spot on there with the jingles. Hello, Um, thank you. Congratulations, Alison. Do you record it on your phone? Do you record yourself? Yes, or a dictaphone. Lush. Or whatever is legally acceptable to record things on. Whilst you're moving. Whilst you're moving. In a car. Pen and paper. It's not legal, is it? (laughs) While she's driving. Not at 70 miles an hour. <laughs> no, I think that's fine. That's totally fine. Whiteboard. <laughs> Whiteboard, yeah. Um, just type it up. That's your sketch. Um, so congratulations, Alison. Uh, see yes. me after for our private Mexico Wave tutorial. Did I win both, by the way? Did you, I win all right. mutton and... Yeah. You got two points. Thank you. I only got one. Fraser got... No points. Okay. Oh. Sorry, mate. That's all right. I can, um, I can <clears throat> come back from this. Do you think there's no more quizzes in the rest of the never show? Never say never. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. Good luck. Um, congratulations, Ali. Oh, thank oh, you. This leads us seamlessly on to, hey, what are you guys working on at the moment? See, I'm quite professional, me. Oh. Well, I've got two answers. Yes. One is the more impressive answer, which is I've just finished writing a play, which I'm going to Ooh. put on at the end of the year. Yeah. Venue not yet confirmed. The the other answer is the re- the reality of my life at the moment, which is trying to pay for the ability to write this stuff, which is working at Kensington Olympia, <laughs> selling jukebox uh, machines, which are three years behind technological advances. <laughs> And far too overpriced. Therefore, these 16 days are the worst of my life. 
<laughs> what? Yes, that is a okay. round of applause. Ten points. What? Yeah, yeah you, you brought it back. You've won the quiz. Um, yeah. What, like, oh, I'm, I just, what, they're, they're technologically behind what you could buy in the shop yeah. now. So they, they only exist on TV. I mean, I, I have been talking about this all day, so forgive me if I fall asleep through this explanation. <laughs> so it's, it's on a TV. It's a karaoke thing on a TV, but it's not available on an app. So if anyone says, is it available as an app on the phone? I go, no, and that's the end of the conversation. So I'm trying to sell essentially an antique mm. that looks like a modern thing. But yeah, so that's 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 what's happening. And I'm moving house soon, so that's another good thing. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah, you know what it's like. It's two two different lives, don't you? You have a re- you have your real life, mm-hmm. which we never talk about, and then you have your creative your fantasy life, which you want to turn the into the life. real life. You yeah. want to convert mm. that into the real life. The yeah. Instagram life. The Instagram, the Instagram yeah. life. Yeah, the fake Insta life. Insta life. Insta life. And yeah. just like, so have you sold any jukeboxes yet? So the embarrassing thing is, yesterday I sold eight. <gasps> Two of the people from Head Office came down. With that sales pitch. You're really, you're really good, Fraser. <laughs> that, I was paraphrasing. Uh, it's normally three seconds longer than that. The two, and two of the head office came down today and watched me and I sold one. So I might not have a job tomorrow. So that's... Um, Surely, but how much are they? They're £199, pound, reduced to 149 reduced to 99 reduced to 85 reduced to 70 No one's buying these things. You can probably get the idea. That's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> yeah. And the pyramid's going down. It's an inverted pyramid. <laughs> That's yeah. a normal, isn't that a normal existence? I, don't I know. feel like it's everyone I know, that's their sort of life. You've yeah. got five, ten, twenty different jobs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you get down to like one. You're like, well, hey, I'm doing one job. <laughs> Why? Check me out. But I think I think that's quite normal. Um, mm. And I think it depends on kind of your your style as well. Like your style of comedy. I think if you're doing comedy, like some some comedy people can just stay in comedy and then it depends on your style so if like us you know I'm doing stuff where I'm wearing a cardboard hat on my head like made of cardboard or, and, and, or you're doing lettuce or something then people are like oh that's, that's you might need a cider I might need a cider <laughs> for that, that. <laughs> <laughs> but I did um, I did work a normal job a bit last year but they found it really confusing that I had more than one job like in that because they only worked five or six days a week at this one place right and they'd be like oh so you're not working on sunday can i swap shifts with you and i'd be like oh i don't know i need to check if i'm working they're like no i just told you i'm not work you're not working but oh but one of my other jobs they were like it looked like i'd exploded their brain yeah wow so i think we're maybe in the minority I, don't I think, think you're right. I don't guess think people realise how how hard we work to do our passion, exactly. to do our vanity. That's what this this is. This is the reason we make these podcasts is to explain to the world yeah. the reality of these situations. <laughs> My parents still don't understand what I'm doing. They don't get the. Fa- I haven't got a steady job, so therefore I'm unemployed that's, that's wow. how they look at it you, you, have you got a job yeah I'm always working yeah, you're always, always working, working. you <laughs> always never working. stop working you never stop but because it's not one employer I'm unemployed <laughs> that self-employment does not exist in the realms of my parents it's no you either got a job or you haven't mate so but what about now one, you've written this it? play oh yeah can they be like until they see a paycheck from that play that's unemployment <laughs> that's incredible I mean do you find this like I mean how are your parents do, do you find do they understand what you're doing? I think, you know, I sometimes, I think because I'm the youngest of 
two I've got two older brothers I think so automatically when I popped out and I popped out I was quite ill I breathed in my own poo when I was born <laughs> um, genuinely <laughs> I wrecked the lining of my lungs um, and so I had to go in, in, into an incubator for four weeks and I think that so from day one I've been a real worry like a real <laughs> a real concern um, so <laughs> and I think my career hasn't really hasn't helped that um, so they are unbelievably supportive because of course it's like oh, the, ch- the, the child who, who fought death because I came out blue <clears throat> full of poo um, and so the, I was fighting against it from day one so I think they're like yes she made it um, so I think they're really happy for me and they support me like to the ends of the earth they are so supportive but I think you can't shake the worry that this lifestyle brings mm. yeah. especially especially when you're on stage and, and I'm on stage and I'm, I'm dressed as a Lucas a bottle and they're like what 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 is this <laughs> at least you're not full of poo anymore but <laughs> it's yes I think it's understandable so I it wish is. I wish I did something that didn't worry them as much but I don't know what that would be yeah it's I mean I'm quite what about yours yeah mine is mm. super supportive uh, but I think it's taken them, like, let's be realistic, 11 years and they're just wrapping their heads around it. Wow. Really. I think the most time they were the most chill about it was when I was in a a long-running show contract, Mm. you know, like with a West End show. And then they were like, oh, because then I'm going to work every day. You're in the West End, mate. And they could bring their friends. Mm. They'd be like, oh, Katie's in this show. And then that felt like a job to them. But now it's like where are you this week I need to send them a full gig schedule complete with my full meeting schedule or what rehearsals I'm doing or what really yeah they like to know everything like as if they're your personal diary yeah it is useful actually sometimes I'm like what am I doing this week I'll just look on that whatsapp message that I had to send to my mum Alison, what's your show? Oh, oh. How's your show going? Oh, I'm so I am pre- preparing a show for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, I'm just oh, throwing stuff on stage and seeing what happens. Um, <laughs> so it yeah, go. give it a, just give it a go, mate. I'll get up, dressed, I'll put a, put a bag on your head. Have a have a, have a um, bash. So your show's called This Got Through the Heart, and you're to blame. Oh, um, out loud it sounds absolutely so ludicrous I should sing it this got through the heart and you're to blame there you go um, I obviously am playing Bon Jovi um, so I don't know what came first the title or Bon Jovi I think Bon Jovi um, <laughs> I mean that would be bon very tenuous wouldn't it if you're like oh I've got a title with Bon Jovi pun oh, I'll be Bon Jovi <laughs> uh, it really should be the other way around um, so I think I think Bon Jovi came first so I'm enjoying playing him but I'm still trying to work out quite quiet what he is at the moment he um he has something wrong with him um <laughs> is it his music <laughs> no hey sorry oh that's very mean i love him Aww. in the 80s 80s heyday that was he's um, great i've got at least three albums no oh, i i i <laughs> love um, an 80s power rock ballad mm. thing yeah. um, and I often take like someone like a celebrity or something and I've done Celine Dion and I've done Cher in the past and then I transform them into something completely different so when I say he's got something wrong with him it sounds really nice not, don't word it like that Ali what I mean is I will create something about them that is hopefully surreal like when I played Cher she was also a bat yeah so um, good so good oh thank you um, so um, okay. it's yeah. so good that um, ASOS have started replicating your <laughs> Cher bat jacket that you made out of 
a, uh, an, an umbrella. umbrella. Um, Is that true? Yeah, seriously, I didn't know share. You sent me, it was lovely. It? Yeah, I, I think it's ASOS have started making <laughs> share bat jackets. <laughs> so now you can be your own Alison Thiers Scott if you I wanted really need to. to. get on in that. on the... That's where the money is. To get some money, guys. <laughs> I'll pay for Edinburgh. <laughs> I really need to. Gosh, I should... Yeah, because I make all my stuff out of like, like higgledy-piggledy cardboard... Yeah gaffer whatever I bags whatever I can find I'll just shove stuff together because I guess I lie find more joy in that than seeing someone perfectly kind of quaffed yes. and doing this character that's like immaculate well there's beauty in that but I just can't do it so I'm like I'd rather put a cardboard thing on my head or yeah wear a bag as, on my, as hair there is a lot of comfort in carnage yes oh that's lovely yeah. comfort in carnage thanks I just uh, it just flowed out of me oh, that's, my that's, soul was telling me that <laughs> Autobiography, right there. Comfort and carnage. Comfort and carnage. Mm. Fraser, not yes. only do you sell those disco things, yeah. um, you've got a play on. Tell us more. So this, yeah, so this play is all about my experience working in, in a Santa's Grotto, which has happened a few times in my life. And I thought this is fanta- a fantastic location for a, uh, a comedy because it is quite a ludicrous situation. You've got about five Santas in one building and they can't all be seen at the same time. And if, you, <laughs> if, if two Santas are seen together, it's what we call crossing the streams. Kids' Christmases are cancelled. <laughs> and um, so I've, I've, it's about a Santa's grotto. It's set in a grotto in a shopping centre and it's, it's going to be a small play, small cast, but hopefully a lot of laughs, a lot of laughs. <laughs> and, um, do you have a title for it yet? Yes. I'm not Can sure if I should it? say it yet. Okay, oh, I that's probably fine. could do. Um, working title. Working title. Working title. Keep mo- it's peeled. called the working title, which will probably be the final title. It's called The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Oh, which is, that's good. Um, which hopefully gives an impression that it really isn't the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. And it's, the, it's, 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 it's actually a, um, a, mainly about the relationships between the staff working there and uh, various things that go on. Um, I mean, I could, I, the best way to demonstrate the play is to actually perform the entire thing. I don't know if you've got time for that. Yeah. Got, it's about an hour long. Crack it out. Should, I've got it. Yeah. I'll start reading it. Yeah, please. Um, there's an edit here. <laughs> I cannot yeah, so wait to but see it, this. Yeah, I'm looking forward, yeah. I'm looking forward so to it. Looking forward to it. It's, uh, it's going to be hopefully good. It's the first time I've done it, and it, I wanted to see if I could first of all write a play, because mm-hmm. I've only ever written for myself. I've only ever done character shows in the past at Edinburgh and... Uh, other places and this is the first time I've ever written for other voices and it's been a huge challenge just to learn about structure and that sort of thing and writing for other people and it's been really um, really fulfilling and also it's just sort of moved me into a new part of comedy essentially a new part of writing and it's yeah it's very exciting when you sort of move into a, a new genre how did you get into writing from performing um <laughs> So I think actually it comes when I met Alison. So me and Alison weirdly go way back. We go back. We met in 2005 through mutual friends and we put together a sketch show in 2007, which we took to Edinburgh. took us about a year and a half to develop it. It's called Triple Threat and it was a spoof of a reality show. And we learned, basically for me, doing that was a bit like going to university. I learned more doing one Edinburgh show than I did at three years at uni Mm -hmm. doing theatre because it's it's a huge... you're learning on the job essentially and it's very stressful and we all you know suffered for it but we all came out we all split off in our own directions in a, in a sort of a friendly way and we're all doing mm. our own solo projects so you've got Susan Harrison was part of that so Alison myself Rebecca Sharks who's in Short and Curly uh, Rob and Colin Colin and Rob who st- still do comedy as well so yeah we all it, that's where we met 
and I started mm. learning how to write because we wrote as a as a group there, and that's when. And then I went solo, and then I've just you just it's weird, isn't it? There's no way there's no way to learn. You just have to do it. Yeah. And then the best react is you know if it's working because people laugh, and if they don't laugh, you don't know how to write comedy yeah. until they until they do laugh, and then you're like, oh, now I know how to do it because <laughs> it's taken me. <laughs> about a hundred gigs of silence yeah and, and then eventually you get one, one. I'm like yeah. oh I'm learning Bam. Yeah. you say that I saw well, your first solo stuff was the a character there was the um, traffic the police transport <gasps> the, character yes, oh, um, which was absolutely brilliant and oh, so I think you're like I think when kind of you start with a character that like absolutely smashes it um, it's almost like then then it's like oh, okay then with character comedy especially like if your, character, your first character smashes it then you've got the thing of like right now who am I and what do I do and which, which what's my next character because mm. um, I think I'm not saying that I smashed it with my first character but I think both our first characters came from quite solid places yeah. and we were able to gig them we had solid five minute sets and you you were fairly like yeah I kind of know what I do but you weren't really developing a comic voice at that time you were developing a character which yeah. works yeah. in that context for five minutes and then the hard work begins after that so it's almost like as a stand up you spend a long time working out what your voice is and spending time building your five minutes your tight five minutes and then you expand it but you've worked on your voice whereas character comedy always goes the opposite way they're like I smashed my first five minutes with a character and then I'm like, oh, who am I now? Yeah. Oh, who, who am I as a comedian underneath that? Why am I? Why am Great I? Great question. Great question. <laughs> um, yeah. oh, I can't wait to see your play, Fraser. Thank you. Yeah. It sounds brilliant. <laughs> now we've reached our open submission time. <laughs> oh. um, so this is where uh, people can write in for the show. Basically, if you feel like writing a segment, uh, why not pop onto the website? It's thefastandthespurious.com uh, to find out how you can do that. This show uh, it has been submitted from Declan Kennedy. Oh. And he's submitted something that is called Sci-Fi Power. Parody. <laughs> That's his title. Uh, I should point out now um, that uh, we haven't run through this yet. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Um, Alison, Fraser and I are all going to play characters from this sci-fi parody. Are you guys ready? Mm -hmm. Shall we recap anything on which characters we are? So I'm, I'm Clondar, apparently. Is that right? Yes. Clondar. I'm Garvel. And I'm Plonic. Lovely. It's very exciting. So, guys, for the first time ever, the premiere of sci-fi parody written by Declan Kennedy. The campaign goes well, my siblings in war. We, who are not Sonatarians, merely as close as possible without incurring copyright problems, are close to total triumph. Soon, the entire eastern arm of the galaxy will have fallen to the mighty empire of Drasper Tresp. Yes, Garvel. Soon, the eastern galactic arm will fall. I mean, I literally just said that, Plonic. But as the War Council is now a quorate, my brothers in arms, Plonic and Klonda, inform me of our progress. The goslings of Triox have surrendered to our frowning battle wasps. The funnel people of Chimnon are all but wiped out thanks to the unstoppable, pearl driving, chot cannons of our cloakal dreadnoughts. Soon the goslings of Triox will follow suit. Seriously? I said that like a minute ago. Excellent. Only one more star system stands between us and complete control. Tell me, how will we conquer the planet known as Earth? 
Our Boffin Legion has been working tirelessly to craft a strategy which will overcome the entire population with scarcely a blink. This pleases me. How will this be achieved? By means of all-encompassing full-spectrum dominance. In other words, a fierce and unrelenting Twitter campaign. Right. And this is their top idea, is it? It is underway already, my lord. Uh, Jasper Tresp at Overlord31 already has 400 followers. How come there are already 30 people with that? God help feeling this is a departure from our usual modus operandi. You know, a distinct absence of planet-smashing battle barges or anhilonic <laughs> tecton missiles. This is only the start, Lord Garvel. Ah, you mean lull them into a false sense of security, undermining their culture before moving in with a flesh-simmering agony cannon? If by that you mean an Instagram account and celebrity endorsement, then yes, absolutely. Hashtag Earth Must Fall has, uh, as of an hour ago, been retweeted by Peter Andre. Oh, I like him. Do you think we'll get to meet him? Look, I'm sorry, but I'm at a loss here. I've got several thousand invincible, genetically engineered behemoth with teeth made of lasers ready to rampage through the major cities of Earth, to say nothing of the serrated obsidian drills primed to absorb all the mineral wealth of the entire planet in nanoseconds. How is this better? Well, for one thing, this was judged to be a more prudent use of financial resources. Financial resources? We're galactic conquerors, ravagers of space and time, scourge of the universe. Drasper Thresp is a name feared by life forms across the ages. You think I gave a tinker's cuss if we're overdrawn? I mean, Jesus wept! What's a tinker? Or Jesus? That's an old-fashioned earth vocation. Am I the only one who read the brief? Well, myself and the accounts committee agree that it's wasteful and inefficient to deploy so many personnel and so much hardware for so little return. What? To say nothing of the Blemoth Preservation Lobby, uh, who have lodged a formal complaint about the conditions in which we keep them, as well as the fact that we keep replacing their teeth with lasers, is inhumane. Look, I personally led the brutalisation of over 30 worlds and actually drank the blood of at least 3,000 people who opposed me. I'm not that fast what the accounts committee have to say about it. Well, that would be why our marketing department have also got involved. Oh, come on! Well, eating the face of your enemies doesn't play well with our target audiences. Our focus groups indicated a preference for something a little less, well, in your face. Really trying hard not to swear here. Which is one of their other red flags, you... Your potty mouth. They recommended to the accounts committee that they hand the whole operation over to a social media expert. The money, which would have gone on a sunburst star banger bomb, has instead been used for a sponsored Facebook post and a guest blogger. Oh. And who would that be? Zoella. Um, Lord Garvel? What? Will I still get to meet Peter Andre? God! Do you fancy him or something? No. Well done, Declan Kennedy! Oh, well done, Declan Kennedy! We're nearly at the end of the show, guys, but now's your promotion time where you can tell us all about where we can find you online and in real life, should you wish to have people turn up at your show. Oh. Ali! Golly, real life. What's your Twitter? Oh, uh, it's Alison Thierscott. And... Yeah, 
I've got, oh, I'll have gigs, I'll have previews and things. It'd be lovely to have you along. I'll try and update my website with stuff. And of course, you're going to Edinburgh? Yeah, yeah. I'll come up and say hi. So, uh, Alison Thea Scott, spell A-L-I-S-O-N-T-H-E-A-S-K-O-T. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. That's the first time it's been spelt right, ever. Yeah. There you go. I've Thanks. been practicing hard. A uh, Fraser. Yes. How can um, we find you? So you can find me. I've got a website which is FraserMillward.com. That's F R A S E I M I L L W A R D dot C O M. And um, <laughs> uh, you can't find me. That's deliberate. Um, but do look out for my play at the end of the year. It will be out around about Christmas time, which is only suitable for the context of the actual storyline. Brilliant. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, we've had Alison, Thea Scott and Fraser Millward on talking all about their plays and their shows that they got coming up. We also had an open submission, sci-fi parody written by Declan Kennedy himself. Uh, and of course, we had all the hijinks in the land as well. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. A massive shout out to producer Catherine Kerr. You can find her online at podcastpioneers.com. And of course, a huge thank you to Maple Street Creative. I've been Katie Pritchard on my podcasting show. We've had Alison Thea Scott and Fraser Millward on, don't you know? And me, all up in your ears. We hope you have fun while you've been listening on here. My mates came round and we made this show. It's the Force and the Glorious. I'ma sing it one more time so it gets stuck in your head. It's the Force and the Glorious. Katie Pritchard's the Force and the Spurious. Katie Pritchard's the Force and the Spurious. Katie Pritchard's the Force.